the season. Here's the snap, high snap, placement made, kick, end over end. Is over. And it is good. The San Francisco 49ers advance. What's next for the future of the green and gold? You know, so many guys' contracts are up or on the brink or salary cap stuff, so... A lot of decisions to be made. I don't want to be a part of a rebuild uh, if, you know, if I'm going to keep playing. This is Rogers Watch 2022, presented by NX Wealth Management. No, every, every conversation I've been involved in with Goody and Russ and Mark, we're all on the same page here. So there, there's no debate. Broadcasting live from Radio City with Gabe Neitzel and Brian D. Here's Greg Matzik. Well, welcome into the program. Uh, we did this uh, about a week ago thinking that we would have another program tonight looking forward to the NFC Championship game. Really, that is not the case, unfortunately, as the Packers' season is over. However, rather than look back on what was a disappointing end to an interesting season, we do want to look ahead on tonight's program. Rodgers Watch 2022 is officially underway. Some movement, perhaps, on that front earlier today with... Nathaniel Hackett moving on to Denver, leaving Green Bay after three years as the team's offensive coordinator. Plenty to get to on the program tonight. I'm Greg Matzik, joined as always by Gabe Neitzel and Brian D. And you at 855-616-1620. What do you want to talk about, fellas? More like, where do you want to start? Anything right? on, Like, yeah. oh my God. Can we just talk about... The hottest team in the country, the Marquette Golden Eagles. That's right. Winners of seven Smoking in a row. Hot. Oh, are they? Uh, are they eleventh in the country? All oh, right. No, I'm sorry. That's the Wisconsin Badgers uh, who earned a win today. Uh, yes, we uh, perhaps we'll save some time for college basketball <laughs> discussion later in the program. It's a lot more fun. I, I understand that. I understand that. But uh, this is a little bit agonizing to try and sift through because the world of dot connecting is once again open now that Nathaniel Hackett is off to Denver to be the head coach of the Denver Broncos. This is not a surprise to me. I never thought Dan Quinn was an option for Denver. Why go with another defensive-minded coach? If you really want to make a play for Aaron Rodgers and also believe Nathaniel Hackett is an outstanding candidate to be your next head coach, why wouldn't you go with Nathaniel Hackett? Oh, by the way, you've got some interesting offensive weapons in Denver. But here's where I want to start, and I'll open it up to you as well at 855-616-1620. Nathaniel Hackett is gone, but where does it register on your your big deal scale? If you're going to do a 1 to 10 big deal scale, Brian, where does Nathaniel Hackett leaving Green Bay register on your scale? 12. That's a, That's so, so That's we're at DEFCON yeah. 1 here. Yeah, uh, I'll take Aaron Rodgers, number 12. Um, this is everything. This is all about Aaron Rodgers, and it's it's not just Nathaniel Hackett, right? And obviously, I think you hit the nail on the head, right, Craig? It's the Broncos wanted to hire a young, innovative, offensive-minded head coach because that is what is successful in today's National Football League, and Nathaniel Hackett is just that. But if you're boosting your chances at potentially landing Aaron Rodgers, this is an organization that was rumored to want 12 at this time last year, right? Leading into the NFL draft, when Adam Schefter first reported that Aaron wanted out, Denver was kind of one of two teams that we circled on that NFL draft night saying, okay, trade could go down here. Everybody hold your breath in this next 10 minutes because it could happen. It was San Francisco and it was Denver. And then you start, you know, doing basic elementary math. One plus one still equals two here, guys. So you've got Aaron Rodgers, offensive coordinator, a guy who he really, really likes. You've got a team that was rumored to want Aaron Rodgers. You've got a team with $60 million in salary cap space, the second most in the NFL projected into this upcoming season. You've got a team with good young talent. 
that could uh, send stuff back the Packers would want. And you've got a team with great draft capital. And you've got a team that's done this before successfully with Peyton Manning swooping in at the end of his career and winning a Super Bowl. Like, this is not something you have to overthink. If you're trying to find a destination that would be great for Aaron Rodgers at this juncture of his career, that would appease everybody involved. Rodgers, the Broncos, the Packers. I mean, this is an AFC team, too. If you think there's a chance on God's green earth, Brian Gutekunst is sending Aaron Rodgers in a trade anywhere in the NFC, you're outside your mind. He's going to the AFC. It's an AFC team. This all lines up. Like This is not you know collegiate-level senior calculus here. We don't have to do too much crazy leaping over stuff to figure out that this is what the Broncos want to happen. And if Aaron wants to leave, this makes as much sense as anyone. Yeah, a texter from the 262, Gabe checks in and says there's also uh, legal weed in Denver, for what it's ooh, worth. So uh, ooh, yeah. I don't know if that was part of your response here, but <laughs> Brian's out of 12 on his his meter. It depends. I mean, losing an offensive coordinator who doesn't call plays, I know he's one of Rogers' favorite guys, and there was a tweet that Jason Wildey put out there in the middle of last season, I believe. It was some sometime in, in November of last year. And after this became imminent that Nathaniel Hackett was going to be the offensive coordinator, all of a sudden Jason was telling this this morning on Jen, Gabe, and Chewy over on 94.5 ESPN that his phone keeps buzzing. There's a tweet that keeps getting liked and retweeted. Well, these Broncos fans found it, and the gist of the tweet was during a press conference when Jason had asked about Nathaniel Hackett and his relationship with Rodgers. Again, this was a year and a half ago at this point. said something... He's one of my favorite people in the building. We have lots of fun. I hope he doesn't go anywhere unless I go somewhere. Was pretty much essentially the quote, which is why Broncos fans really grabbed onto that. I mean, Joe Philbin was somebody who was beloved by the Packers back in 2012 when he ended up getting the job with the Miami Dolphins. Wasn't the play caller. Mike McCarthy still was. The Packers had success. So if this ends up being this guy just moves on and either Getsy or Stenovich steps up and is the new offensive coordinator for the Packers, I mean, it stinks. It hurts because he's clearly a good coach. Otherwise, you wouldn't get head coach opportunities and all these interviews these different places. It would be like a three or a four. Yeah, it stinks. Not that big of a deal. If he takes Rodgers with him and this signifies the end of this era of Packers football, yeah, that one stings a little bit more. So it, it, it's for me, it's still up in the air because... Does that mean Rodgers is going to be joining him in Denver? Because if he does, that's when I get to the number that Brian threw out. 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us here. We are also streaming this program live. If you're on the 620 WTMJ Facebook page or on the WTMJ Twitter feed, you can see a live stream of the broadcast. Feel free to leave your comments below. Check in. I'm waving at you right now. Or give us a call here at 855-616-1620. If I did a story today about Nathaniel Hackett, becoming the next head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars, I'd say no shot Aaron Rodgers goes to Jacksonville. Totally. Wouldn't make any sense, right? They've got the quarterback they want. They're not going to bench Trevor Lawrence, even for Aaron Rodgers, for a year. They're totally. going to make their bed with Trevor Lawrence. But they're also, I believe, in need of a, a true offensive mind to help lead that thing. Urban Meyer was a disaster. The fact that Hackett ends up in Denver, you want to tell me that in 10 hours of meetings, and in two meetings... They never had a discussion about Aaron Rodgers? Of course they did. Right? I just it, It's on the table for discussion. How do we do this? What makes sense? Talk to me about your relationship. It goes beyond the plan for offense and defense and special teams, right? This is a much bigger deal. And I think your point is spot on here, Brian. Young team, plenty of cap room. They could make a pitch for Aaron Rodgers, absorb some of his contract, 
And let's say Green Bay really wanted to get greedy and franchise tag Devontae Adams and then trade him to Denver. Mm-hmm. Denver could probably swing that too. They could. Um, and, you know, it, 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 not just young talent, and this is a top 5D last year in terms of scoring defense. Like, I'm sure the Broncos feel as though that they are an Aaron Rodgers away from contending for the Super Bowl next year. Well, it's easy e- to see. E- you look even, at the offensive weapons. Yeah. I mean, the, the Packers are better at pieces. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they don't have a running back, I don't think. You know, Melvin Gordon's fine. Javante is okay. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 he's fine. Like, I, he, I don't think he's... Upper echelon NFL running back. But you look at the receiving core. Yeah. We know Jerry Judy's scary. We've seen Cortland Sutton be productive, and Noah Fant as a tight end is one of the better young tight ends in the league. Yeah. And, you know, even in a division with Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert, I still think the Broncos' mentality is look, we're Aaron Rodgers and, and potentially Devontae Adams away, which is, it's not out of the realm of possibility with the cap space they have. Like Greg said there, that's how they feel. We could win the division, and we could make a run at the Super Bowl next year, and Aaron Rodgers sees that, too. Um, the, the, I've been listening to ESPN Milwaukee all day long, 94.5 ESPN, from the moment I got off of Wisconsin's morning news to the moment I stepped in here. I've heard a lot of callers, a lot of fans from across our state um, calling into our station and trying to poke holes in why Rodgers to Denver doesn't work or why this Hackett news isn't relevant to the Packers. And, oh, he didn't call plays in Green Bay. Well, he called plays in Jacksonville and took them to the AFC Championship well, game with Blake Bortles at the helm. That's also, more he about the system. In Buffalo. Right? It's more about the system, totally. isn't it? Yes. Right? It's, to me, it's just the comfort of a player coming over from a system he's familiar yeah. with and stepping right in and hitting the ground running. What do you think also, an offensive coordinator does? Well, but, Sits in the office all day and <laughs> watches like, film and fiddles his thumbs? Well, like the, He's involved. Also, if he doesn't want to call plays, he doesn't have to call no, plays. I mean, there are coaches. Else. I mean, look at John Harbaugh, who's been one of the better head coaches in the league. Dude doesn't yeah. call plays, offensive, defensive plays. He doesn't. Now, I know that's the norm. But again, if he doesn't want to, he doesn't have to. He can bring somebody else in as his offensive coordinator to do that if he's not comfortable calling plays. So getting back to all the callers that I heard all day long on ESPN Milwaukee, anybody that is trying to poke holes in how Hackett to Denver is not connected to Aaron Rodgers is just delusional. You're just you're trying to find a way because you want to hold on to Aaron Rodgers as you as you should. You're trying to justify to yourself that he's gonna stay in Green Bay where we are now at the point where it's becoming more and more realistic that he's probably going to be gone. I think it's likelier than not at this point I mean, that it's, he's gone. It's still completely up to Rodgers. Like, if he wants to stay, the Packers are going to make it work. They'll make it work with Devontae. They'll figure it out because the salary cap more and more with these voidable years that they can add on to contracts, it doesn't really matter. Like, I, Yes, are they in, in salary cap trouble? Yep. Can they figure it out? Absolutely. That's what they pay Russ Ball for. That's why Russ Ball is on equal footing with the general manager, with the head coach in Green Bay, because they're going to figure that out. It's it's all in Aaron Rodgers' court. But if Aaron Rodgers decides, hey, you know what? I want to try something else. The offense that he's won an MVP in the last two seasons, presumably this season included, we won't know officially until next month, but you don't think he's going to want to go? I mean, when Peyton Manning went to Denver, what did they do? Yeah, hey, Peyton, what do you want to run? Exactly. They, 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 they ran Peyton Manning's offense when he was running in Indianapolis. So, yeah, Denver becomes an awfully attractive place for Aaron Rodgers to go play. Well, they already had an offer pieced together last year at the draft, right? I mean, I don't know if they have to do too much tweaking to it. Uh, but there, there is some historical perspective. They're picking, like, oddly in 
pretty much the same spot, aren't they? Uh, yeah, as a non-playoff team in the AFC. So, yeah, they're in the that, that early teens sort of area. They were relevant yeah. for a little bit. They just couldn't get quarterback they're figured drafting, out. They're drafting ninth. They have the ninth overall pick this year. Oh, well, there you go. Which is what I think they had last year. Is that enticing to you, Brian Gutekinds? Top ten? I, I would hope Two so. Two first-round picks? And I, I know we're going to get into, at some point on this Rogers Watch 2022 show presented by Annex Wealth Management, I know we're going to get into what it might look like or take in a trade for Aaron Rodgers, right, and what the Packers might get back. I don't even know if you want to hold on to or use that stuff this upcoming season if you get draft picks in return from Denver or whoever else. Because I think as much as Matt LaFleur and Brian Gutekinds talk about not doing a rebuild, I think that thought goes out the window if you lose Aaron Rodgers. I, I, I truly believe if he's gone, you need to reassess everything and say, do we bottom out here? And, and and trade picks and mortgage mortgage this year for the future. I think you have to have those really difficult conversations, and they're not conversations we've had in this state for 30 years. So let's go through that coming up on the other side. Some historical perspective. If you're piecing together a trade offer to send to the Green Bay Packers and you're the Denver Broncos, what would it take? There is a little historical perspective here, and believe me, it's just a starting point, but about a year ago, we got a glimpse as to what it could take for a team to acquire Aaron Rodgers with another deal that went down involving a quarterback. Just getting started here on the program, it is Rodgers Watch 2022, presented by Annex Wealth Management. In the 7 o'clock hour, we'll be joined by an audience from 94.5 ESPN in Milwaukee. Also, check us out live. The live stream is up at WTMJ's Facebook page, also at WTMJ's Twitter feed. More after this on WTMJ. Preparing you for another potential off-season of speculation. This is Rogers Watch 2022, presented by Annex Wealth Management. Now back to Greg, Gabe, and Brian. So about a year ago, January of 2021, the Detroit Lions agreed to trade quarterback Matthew Stafford to the Los Angeles Rams. The cost of doing business in executing that trade involved the Rams sending Detroit two first-round draft picks, a third-round draft pick, and quarterback Jared Goff, who had a pretty hefty salary attached to his contract. The Lions absorbed that, while the Rams absorbed the roughly $43 million remaining on Stafford's contract. Keep in mind, this is for a 32-year-old quarterback, who's still in the tournament, by the way, but a year ago at this time, had not yet won a playoff game. What's Aaron Rodgers going to fetch? Right? I think about the deal that San Francisco made to move up in the draft and maneuver with Miami to get Trey Lance, a guy who had never played a single down in the NFL. I get Rodgers is toward the end of his career, and Stafford probably has a little bit more run, but the Rams have a two-year clock on Matthew Stafford, and year one is up. So they're going to have to make a decision if they want Stafford to be their long-term guy beyond next season or pivot in a different direction, go young, whatever. So while he's got more leash in terms of years left in his career, the clock is on for Matthew Stafford in Los Angeles, much like the clock is on Aaron Rodgers and his career. So is that the starting point, Brian? If you're looking at trying to figure out what a trade package would involve to acquire Aaron Rodgers, is that kind of the starting point? Yeah, I think um, two first-round picks is a necessity. Uh, I think three is greedy. Uh, especially because it's not apples to apples with Stafford, right? Um, and like you said, Aaron's at a different part of his career. Like the Rams hope to get potentially another decade. Uh, it, like what if Stafford plays to 42? You're going to get a decade of football out of this guy, right? So it, you're not going to get a decade of football to Aaron Rodgers if you're the Broncos or anybody else. It's just not going to happen. I, I, I would start 
if I'm Goody, you know, and the Broncos call and say, let's let's make this happen. And this is just Rodgers. Let's leave Devontae out for the moment because that's we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Um, looking at the Broncos' draft picks over the next couple of years, they've got their one this year. They've got two twos. Uh, they acquired uh, a second-round pick in the Von Miller trade. Uh, that they sent to the Rams. Second round pick is basically a third round pick at this point because the Rams. Yeah, it'll be sure. late. Yeah, it's, it'll it's, be late because sure. it comes from the Rams. And as Greg just mentioned, stick with me here though. They're, okay. they're still out there. So I, I think you figure that stuff out this year. The one in both twos. Next year you get the one, and then I, I need some sort of young player I can work with from Denver. I, and now this is where it gets interesting because defensively, the Packers. Like, let's say you want Patrick Sertan, their first round pick from last year. The Packers took a cornerback last year, and they've got Jair Alexander. Like, it's not like I need another corner. It'd be a nice luxury, but it's not a necessity. Maybe I go Bradley Chubb from from Denver because Zadarius Smith ain't going to be around anymore. Preston Smith, maybe the pass rush. You kind of need to rework. Um, so whoever that is, maybe maybe it's an offensive weapon, and that's not going to be super easy with Aaron Rodgers coming in to to part ways with a Cortland Sutton or a Jerry Jr. or Noah Fant or whatever. Um, but I, I need two ones, two twos, and a good player. And then this is where the difficult part of the conversation comes if you're a Packers fan. I think you need to look at the picks you have in this year's draft after you trade Aaron Rodgers, hypothetically, if you're Goody, and go, do I flip these things again for next year? Because the quarterback draft this year is not deep. The quarterback draft next year is much deeper. And let's just assume... Jordan Love's not the guy because we haven't seen him take that step yet. Who knows? Maybe he will, right? I'm willing to bet that Goody's not ready to punt on him yet. Correct. But you got to leave the door open potentially for him not to be the guy. And by flipping some of the picks you get this year and pushing them back to next year, maybe you trade one of your two firsts that you now have this year if you trade Aaron Rodgers and get two next year. Plus your uh, maybe three, right? Because you have you have your own. You have one from a first round pick trade this year, and you have the Broncos next year. You have three first round picks in twenty twenty three now, so you now have a ton of ammo potentially to draft your quarterback of the future, surround him with weapons, and get another piece. Plus all of the other picks, if Jordan Love is not the guy, and if he turns out to be the guy, then you use all that ammo to surround him with great weapons, and bang, you're off and running. So just because you're getting four picks, which it's not just four picks, that's a lot of picks. Just because you're getting four picks in an Aaron Rodgers trade does not mean you can't flip those and turn that into six or seven over the course of the next two or three years. When this was all going on last year, Charles Robinson of Yahoo Sports went to six executives and asked, hey... What's Aaron Rodgers' trade value? This is a piece, again, it's up from last May. You can find it on Yahoo Sports. And, you know, a lot of the times that when, when Rodgers' mania was at its freshest just after the draft, about a month after the draft, oh, he's going to get three firsts and all this, and that seemed to be rich. Most of the packages that these six executives told Charles was, yeah, two plus. So two first-round picks plus either additional picks or some younger players in there. So I think that's what you're looking at. You're not going to be getting this giant haul of three, four first-round picks. I don't think that's what's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers. Um, so yeah, two first-round picks um, is what you got to look at. And again, Denver is incredibly... Where the team is drafting this year, to me, is huge. Yeah. Because if you trade Aaron Rodgers to Denver, that pick next year, it's going to be more than likely a late-round pick. So the fact that the Broncos are sitting inside the top 10 this year, 
that would, if Rodgers decides to go and Denver's a place that he agrees to be traded to, that's what makes this all that more attractive because you're getting a top 10 pick this season or to go along with your, with your pick at 28 or so whatever it is. This is the key here, too. What do you see teams do in the NFL draft every year? Quarterback needy teams. They trade up. They fall in love with a guy. People fall in love with guys every year. People, the Giants fell in love with Daniel Jones. Well, the Niners did last year Trey with Trey Lance. Lance. Right? Teams trade up every single year. The, the Packers traded up to get Jordan Love. Now, albeit it was later in the first round, but if you have a top 10 pick, this is where I'm talking about flipping that thing. Where if somebody, let's say Pittsburgh, who is now in need of a quarterback, right? Ben Roethlisberger retired today. Let's say they fall in love with a guy in this draft. Uh, but they're drafting. They made the playoffs. Uh, that doesn't help their draft status, right? Maybe they fall in love with a guy and want to take a guy at nine. The Packers could open up and say, give me your first next year. You can have nine and we get two plus. You have to start thinking that way, right? Um, the- but I, w- I would say I would caution that you don't want to trade yourself out of a top 10 pick. Uh, like to, to me, having that top 10 pick, and this is a tight end heavy draft, like there are other, is, is the quarterback position likely going to be pretty light in this draft? Yes. But the Packers have, you know, they're going to have other needs other than quarterback. Like, I, I don't want to get tunnel vision on, okay, they've got to draft a quarterback with one of these first round picks. If, if there's somebody else that they like, like, I, I don't want to go, yeah, give me your first rounder Pittsburgh next year, and the Steelers end up being a decent team. Now all of a sudden you're going, man, I turned that number nine pick into. Like number 20 and number 21. Do you guys remember the, the Patrick Mahomes trade from a couple of years back? The Chiefs fell in love with Patrick Mahomes, who was this, this uh, you know, project of a quarterback at the time. He was far from a surefire you know, uh, Hall of Famer at the time. He was a guy with a cannon of an arm that was super mobile that they were like, let's take a chance on this guy. We like him a lot. They traded to 10 with Buffalo. Buffalo traded out. They got 27 that year, I believe. Uh, and they selected Tredavious White at 27, who's turned into an all-pro caliber corner. That's great. The next year, they got two first-round picks and used them on Josh Allen, who's turned into an, all, turned into an all-world quarterback, and Tremaine Edmonds, who has been their starting linebacker for four years. That's the type of deal that I'm talking about the Packers figuring out, where if Jordan Love works out, that's great. And you get your guy, and you can use those other picks on a, you know, a Tremaine Edmonds or a Tredavious White or that that caliber of player that's going to start on your team for ten years, or you leave the door open potentially to draft your next quarterback if Jordan Love is not the guy, and he would be in the last year of his rookie contract. So, so the, the picks are ammunition, and I, and I yes, like that. Picks exactly. are ammunition. It, it's capital. It's flexibility. It's it's everything. You want to have draft capital, and typically the Packers find themselves picking toward the end of a given draft, and. You know, oftentimes with the Packers, there's not room for 10 draft picks, so they do some maneuvering around, and I don't think any team in the NFL is as good as the Packers, certainly not better at the Packers, at finding mid-round linemen to step in and just sort of take over. Tell me a team that can find linemen between the second and fifth round better than the Green Bay Packers. So they hunt in those middle-round sections as well. To me, as big a deal as the draft picks are, so is the existing talent. This is not a Jared Goff is coming back to Green Bay, right? This is a Jerry Judy is coming back to Green Bay. This is a Patrick Sertan. This is a young ascending player has to be a piece to the puzzle here. And the Broncos are going to have to be willing to part with it. If they truly believe they are Aaron Rodgers away from the Super Bowl, they're going to have to part with somebody. My guess is that it comes out of that wide receiver core more so than on defense. They just signed Tim Patrick to a longer-term deal. Cortland Sutton's been in and out with an injury. They've got Jerry Judy, who's young, and, and really, frankly, nobody has had a quarterback worth a darn to deal with. Add Aaron Rodgers, if they get Devontae, I think they'd be happy. Not happy, but they'd be more willing to part 
with one of those receiving threats. Yeah, if Devontae's a part of some sort of package deal, I could see them giving up one of the receivers. I see them willing to give up more draft picks than anything else because if they are knocking on that door, they don't want to leave a hole on their roster that they now have to fill and can't fill because they just gave away their draft picks to the Green Bay Packers. Right. You know? I know what they want to do, but if you're Brian Gutekunst, aren't you saying, hey, yeah, the draft picks are nice here, but, but he's <laughs> you gonna know be, what I mean? Yeah. He's going to be stuck. Like If Rodgers comes to him, like this, this is going to be a depressed market. Part of the reason why I think they're not going to be getting three first-round picks is because everybody knows if Rodgers goes to Gutekunst and says, hey, I don't want to be here anymore, like, he's not going to renegotiate a deal and the Packers aren't going to absorb a $46 million cap hit for a quarterback who does not want to be in Green uh-huh. Bay next season. So that kind of lowers, unless there's somehow two teams out there that both want Rodgers, that Rodgers will agree to go to, that get into a bidding war that kind of stifles what you're going to get in return coming back because the Packers don't have the leverage. I think young talent too, Greg, and that return for that player that you're getting is super key because we need to start preparing for the thought that the Packers are going to stink next year if Aaron Rodgers leaves. Certainly possible. 855-616-1620. If you'd like to join us here on the program, Nathaniel Hackett is gone. How big a deal is that to you? I guess a portion of your answer is... Do you really want Aaron Rodgers back? We'll get into that and more coming up on the other side. Also, we'll try and make sense of Aaron Rodgers' comments from the Pat McAfee show. It's very clear that the Packers brass, according to Matt LaFleur anyway, want Rodgers back. They are unified in that front. What does Rodgers have to do to decide whether he wants to be back or even play? We'll get through that and more coming up on the other side. It's Rodgers Watch 2022. This is Bob and Mike and Guy Brillo Home Improvements. So here you are, two things on your mind. A full home remodeling job or just a facelift? Like new kitchen cabinets or granite countertops? I'll say this, either of those ideas are good ones and are sure to yield a high return on your investment. Yeah, when you invest in a quality contractor to upgrade your home, you seem to be able to get it back. And it's because whether it's a facelift or a full remodel, you're updating and upgrading your home. And it's wise to do, because one day... It'll make selling your home that much easier. But you do it well before that, so you can enjoy it now. And at least with the jobs we work, buyer's remorse is never an issue. And why would it be? You'll have three heads. And we'll all be working our tails off for you. For Nary, award-winning, home remodeling. And about as down-to-earth of an approach as you're going to find. Visit BrilloHomeImprovements.com. Taking a look into the crystal ball for the future under center in Titletown. You're listening to Rogers Watch 2022, presented by Annex Wealth Management. Now, back to Greg, Gabe, and Brian. Poll question is up, at Matzik on Twitter. Now, before you smash your head against the concrete or your steering wheel or your countertop at home or your smart device, if you're watching us on our streaming broadcast, just follow my logic here. And you don't have to answer right now. We'll get into this coming up later in the program. We'll seed the poll here. We'll get the results. Regardless of where Aaron Rodgers plays next season, the Packers should draft a quarterback in the top four rounds. That is the poll question. You can follow me on Twitter, at GMatzik. Greg Hill, our esteemed producer, will give us a little retweet here. If you follow us at 620 WTMJ, you can uh, grab onto the poll there. Uh, I will say right now, over 130 votes are in, and the results are very, very interesting where you are thinking. We'll get to that coming up in just a few moments here. Aaron Rodgers appeared on the Pat McAfee Show on Tuesday, and a couple of interesting takeaways here, guys. Number one, my ultimate takeaway is this. I feel better about Aaron Rodgers' 
relationship with Brian Gutekunst and just overall fitting in in Green Bay today than I did a year ago at this time. And he used a couple of interesting buzzwords when talking to Pat McAfee. I feel like I'm at, I'm at the place relationally with the Packers, you know, in a really good place, especially with uh, with Brian and the way our friendship and, and trust has, has grown. It would be a simple conversation. There's not going to be any weird, you know, standoff. Okay, so that's the interesting buzzword, friendship and trust. Those are not Who words that, that he would have used. Would have ever been used to describe his relationship with Brian Gutekunst? Well, even trust. And he's the one who used it. I think trust is a big one there too, right? It, it just it, look. This is not me saying, "Well, that's it. Aaron Rodgers is staying," but it does lead me to believe that it's not. It's not spiteful if he says, "You know what? We just can't get over the hump here." I don't think it's going to work. And you've got your guy. We we can all move on. We can make this work together. I don't feel like it's out of spite. I do believe Aaron Rodgers with what he says. He said some interesting things this year, but I don't find him to be disingenuous with what he said there. Um, There are two other phrases, and and I'm parsing words here, but as Jason Wildey said after the loss last Saturday night on Pack Attack uh, on ESPN Wisconsin, um, since the immunized comment, we really have to read into every little word that this dude says, right? We really have to parse things. So maybe, maybe I'm getting too granular here, but in that comment, two things stick out to me. Number one, with the Packers. My relationship with the Packers. If, if I say my relationship with WTMJ, it kind of seems like I'm not a part of WTMJ. Like, wouldn't you use the word here or with these guys or with my team? Or, like, with the Packers seemed like he had stepped away to me. So maybe maybe that's too granular. That's number one. Um, the other part, it wouldn't be a weird conversation. What wouldn't be weird? Going and saying, hey, I want to trade? Like, these are the things I'm reading into when I hear Aaron Rodgers now. Uh, those are the two things that stuck out from that comment that sh- just struck me as, like, he's separating himself from the Packers organization in some way here. But also the way that the Packers organization at times handled the situation last year. I think it could have been a weird conversation had he come back and said, yeah, I want to play. Because there was certainly the thinking out there that there are members of that front office that don't want him it's to true. play going forward. But that doesn't seem to be the case. And, and that's the way I read into it is that, hey, both these guys, they've got a really good working relationship now. They've got a trust and a friendship there where, yeah, if Aaron comes and says, hey, this is what I want to do, there's not going to be any animosity. And I believe him, too, when he mentions the timeline. You know, I don't think that this is going to be something yeah. that's going to drag out because it can't drag out. Right. Because you have that, you know, uh, teams can start franchise-taking people in late uh, in late February. The league here begins March 16th. Like they're, These dates are coming up quicker, and they're going to have to figure out, okay, are we franchise-taking Devontae? Are we going to franchise and trade him? Are we going to franchise, work out a long-term deal because Aaron's sticking around? Do we want Devontae here if he's not sticking around? So he's going to be... Like you said, respectful to that. So I don't think we're going to have something that is going to drag on to the eve of training camp the way it did a year ago, wondering if Rodgers was going to show up. He's going to be either a member of the Packers or a member of someone else by the time we hit that last Thursday in April in draft night. Step one is to determine if he wants to keep playing. There's the weight of the organization, and it's, and it's great. I mean, it's it's the opportunity you know, to lead and to be counted on. But there's a lot of other different uh, hats that you that you wear throughout the year that are stressors, are a part of the job, naturally a part of the job. And I think when you take on the role of being the starter, you take all that on and you embrace it. But it's, you know, it's more than just uh, what you see on the Sundays. There's there's a lot more uh, to playing quarterback and, and uh, 
I think you're committing to all that when you commit to to coming back and playing. I will ride my bike to our ESPN Madison studios if Aaron Rodgers retires. <laughs> he ain't no retiring. Chance. He ain't retiring. <laughs> no uh, there is no chance he I'll is ride retiring. with you. Uh, it, you you could sit in the sidecar and I'll pull your butt. To it, perfect. Yeah. It, but it's either in Green Bay or it's somewhere else. Yeah. There, no way is he retiring. Um, I, That's I, just it's just a card in the back of his pocket to play. Nailed it. In, in case somebody comes around and says, "Hey, I'll give you more than what Denver." Uh, you know, just a random example, Denver. What what Denver is willing to give you, and the Packers go, "Ooh, okay." And Rogers goes, "Nah, I'm not going to play there. If you trade me there, I'm going to retire." And I'll then that team the goes, "Yeah, that team goes." Yeah, we're not going to take that risk. We're not going to call his bluff because we're putting way too much on the table to actually call that bluff. We're going to back away from that trade offer. That's the only reason any sort of retirement to me exists. That's exactly right. You hit the nail on the head there. He's just leaving that, like you said, in the back pocket if that situation comes to fruition. Now, he also kind of backed himself into a corner by saying on McAfee that uh, he the one thing he wouldn't do is retire and then come back out of retirement because I could see that happening if that if that situation comes to fruition and then like a year later he gets the itch to play again and like the Jets are out of the situation or whoever what team it is like he backed himself into a corner with that comment too but I I don't think any of that is likely eight five five six one six one six twenty if you'd like to join us here uh, it's your point Brian this is what Rogers will not do one thing I would not do one hundred percent would not do is retire. And then, you know, come back a year later. I don't. I don't have any desire to do that. That that makes no sense. Um, I feel like I'm at I'm at the place relationally with the Packers, you know, in a really good place, especially with uh, with Brian, and the way our friendship and, and trust has has grown. It would be a simple conversation, and whatever comes out of the conversation is moving forward. There's not going to be any weird, you know, standoff. Uh, uh, you know, war of silence or anything. It's, you know, Brian and I have had good conversations throughout the year. And, and when, it, you know, when it comes time to make a decision, we'll have a, we'll have a conversation and, and that'll be that. There won't be, it won't be a long drawn out process. And, and uh, I think that's what's best for me, for him, for the organization and for all the other decisions that need to be made. Do you think question one, what are your plans for Devante? Yeah. That's question one, isn't it? Yeah, uh-huh. I don't think Aaron's too concerned about the future of Zadarius Smith. In fact, I think if, if Adams and Rodgers are back with the Packers, Zadarius Smith will have to be gone. There is no future for Zadarius Smith There's in not. Green Bay. It is over. Now, in fact, I'm surprised he played at all for the Packers in the playoffs. But that's question one. What, what are your plans with Devontae? He's aging, but he's still dominant. Is he going to get $20 million a year? Because I don't know if the Packers can do that. If you franchise tag him, you still have the opportunity to trade him. The Packers have done that before. Yeah. I don't think Goody wants to use the franchise tag. I think he is from the Ted Thompson school of we typically don't do that. But it may be the only way you can keep the group together. Well, Devontae's desires are impactful here, too. It's all intertwined. You bet. Devontae has overtly said this season, look, I want to be the highest paid receiver in football, period. I deserve that. And he does. He's the best receiver in football. And if the Packers can't do that, which they can't, if Aaron Rodgers is back... Then it's either franchise tag or Devontae plays somewhere else, and that forces Aaron Rodgers' hand to a certain extent. I, I think I mean, if they if they can afford to franchise tag him for a year, I think they can find a way to pay him twenty two million dollars. What's the other average? Part? Because that salary cap is going to go up higher than they anticipated. They're going to let some of that TV money leak, and then it is going to explode in a couple of years. You can get creative with voidable years. You can get creative with your signing bonuses and everything else. 
where you can have a manageable cap hit for Devontae Adams. Now, maybe on the back end of the deal, you don't have as much flexibility as you typically would have, but I believe that there is a way to get Devontae Adams and make him happy and make Aaron Rodgers happy at the same time. Packers have used this franchise tag twice. Once on Ryan Pickett, shortly after slapping the tag on Pickett, they signed him to a multi-year deal. And then Corey Williams, who was a defensive lineman, they ended up trading him to Cleveland after slapping the franchise tag on him. So to your point, Gabe, all right, you used the tag on Devontae Adams, but maybe that just buys you more time to work out a multi-year deal. Because if you have to try and do that by February 23rd, that ain't happening. Devontae Adams will not have a multi-year deal or an agreement in place with the Packers on a multi-year deal by February 23rd. I don't see that happening. No, and you don't have to slap it on him by that date. I believe you have until March it, Yeah, the window 6th. opens yeah, on the 23rd. Yeah, that's when the window opens, so you have a week-and-a-half, two-week window there, and maybe yes, yeah, slap it on toward the end of that window. But, but if you assume Rogers' decision is going to come around that time, you'd like Correct. to have it at least sorted out in your own mind. Whether it's public or not, you have Correct. to have that sorted out. And there's a good chance that if Rogers says, I don't want to be here, you just put the tag on him. That way you can assure you at least get something in return for him and trade him much like you did Corey Williams. Man, is that 20 years ago? Yeah, a long time ago. By the way, you don't put a it on A long time ago. You slap it You slap it on him yeah. because they don't want it. Right? It's like a bumper sticker on that Ferrari. Who's doing that? Not this guy, because I ain't driving a Ferrari, I'll tell you that much. Can you imagine like those little like stick figure family stuff in the back of a Ferrari? Yeah, there you oh, go. you got mom and dad. Yeah. Oh, here, 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 you know, Tyler Ar- likes the soccer. It's like a baby Yoda. You've one. got Aaron and Devontae, and you have to peel off the quarterback on March 6th. Yeah, so exactly. Sad. That's what we're getting to here. Coming up on the other side, uh, we now have a better understanding why David Bakhtiari didn't play in the playoff game against San Francisco. And the odds makers are coming out of the woodwork here trying to figure out where Aaron is going to play next. Spoiler alert. Well, I won't even share it with you. More after this. WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI-HD2 Milwaukee. From the Annex Wealth Management Studios. This is News Radio WTMJ, a good karma brand station. Getting ready for the next off-season of rumors. This is Rogers Watch 2022, presented by Annex Wealth Management. Now back to Greg, Gabe, and Brian. Greg Matzik, Gabe Nights, O'Brien D with you. Packers season is over. Rogers Watch 2022, presented by Annex Wealth Management, is underway. And uh, the oddsmakers are, are having fun with this one, as you might expect. So in moments after Nathaniel Hackett, well, the announcement was made that he was going to join the Denver Broncos coaching staff. We're still waiting an introductory press conference. Denver became the most likely landing spot for Aaron Rodgers via trade. So if you want to... You know, Gabe, open up that uh, offshore betting account you have on your phone over there that we don't talk about. You would see a plus 200 number next to Green Bay. You would see that very same number next to the Denver Broncos. So, really, they're looking at Green Bay and Denver with uh, sort of on the periphery, we'll call it Pluto, for the Pittsburgh Steelers, who have Mm. no quarterback plan whatsoever, as evidenced by their last couple of years. And there's there's mutual respect that we know of. I mean, that was the big speculation after Aaron Rodgers winked. What's up, Mike Tomlin? Oh yeah, that was interesting. Mike Tomlin trying to catch him in a free throw. That pretty girl. Like, hey, what's going on? How are you? You know that that's that that is what was going on between Mike Tomlin and Rodgers. Yeah, happening there. Green Bay, Denver. 
So I saw Philadelphia somehow in the mix, uh, which I thought was interesting. Well, I don't think that's going to happen. No, nah, the, the only reason the Eagles are there is because they have three first-round picks. However, the worst thing that happened to the Eagles this year was the Miami Dolphins deciding to get hot because mm. they were staring at a top-five pick. Yeah. And then the Dolphins went 8-1 and one in their last nine games, and now it's a middle-teens pick. I think they have 15, 16, and 19 yeah. in this year's NFL um, draft. He's not going to the NFC. Let's let's not kid ourselves here. Like, no, there's, it's, there's it's, a tax on any NFC team. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if, in the division. Oh, yeah. right? If the best offer comes from the from a team that Rodgers is willing to pay for, damn right you better trade him to the to, to a team in the NFC. If that's where the best offer comes from, like that's what you got to do. And if you don't do that, if you're Brian Gutekunst, if you don't give him, if, if you don't trade him to a place that he is willing to go for, and that's the highest price, just because you don't want to trade him to the NFC, like who cares? You're not competing for the Super Bowl next year anyway. Like, okay, so he comes back. Just like Brett Favre eventually came back with the, the Minnesota Vikings. We all survived it. Get whatever you can. You want the highest possible haul in return. I don't care where it comes from. Huh. It would make sense for him, like, in terms of the worst divisions to go to in football, like, it, it would make the most sense from a competitive standpoint to, like, stay in the NFC North because the rest of the division would stink, right? Um, I, I think the other answer would be the AFC South because – that division is just terrible as well. Everywhere else, I mean, we're talking about Denver. That's not going to be easy, uh, s- smooth, seamless sledding for Aaron Rodgers in the division over the next couple of years if he ends up as a Denver Bronco. If you got to play Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert four times a year, that's tough. I'm not sold on the Chargers quite yet because the Chargers are supposed to be a great team this year, right? Yeah, they they pulled the Chargers again. Is what they did. Mm-hmm. They're the Chargers, man. Hey, like me- until the- <laughs> until you prove otherwise, like I can't, I, I can't just assume. Even though I like watching Justin Herbert, I can't assume that suddenly you're going to be a high powered team. Not to be at a tangent here, but uh, do you remember the year the Chargers led the NFL in total offense and total defense and yeah. did not make the playoffs? Yeah, I mean, that's it takes <laughs> a special so special talents. That is so Chargers. So I, but you know, to I. Dwight, your point here, Gabe, there has to be other teams in the mix, right? Whether Aaron Rodgers stays or Aaron Rodgers goes, there need to be offers for Brian Gutekunst to parse over. He's got to go over him, right? It just you, you cannot turn teams away. You have to be willing to listen, and you have to be willing to leak that information in the hopes that a bidding war ensues. And yes, there should be, if you want to go back to the Khalil Mack deal, there should be an interconference or interdivision tax for any team that makes a pitch for Aaron Rodgers. Just one of the deals. He ended up in, you know, with the Raiders because, well, the asking price because it was the Packers was a little more than the Bears, or a little more than the Packers were willing to give the Bears. So he went for a little bit less outside of the division, outside of the conference. So that exists. I'm with you, Gabe. If you're going to peddle him, get everything you can. I don't care where he goes. I really don't. He's got two years left, and you're probably not going to be a Super Bowl team in two years. If he ends up somewhere, even in the division, fine. Make your bed. Yeah, Move on. It's going to be over soon enough. Who else in the NFC, though, would like make a play that, that Aaron would entertain? Yeah, that's the thing about the uh, the NFC. It's not. I mean, yeah, I think it's West. I, I mean, I I, his like my guess is if you want to go anywhere, it would be West. I mean, it could be interesting. I would have guessed the Saints prior to the yeah, but abrupt not, retirement yeah, of Sean Payton with no happening. Sean Payton there. I don't see that happening. What if Tom Brady retires? What if Brady decides to step away and the Buccaneers go? 
All right, well, we still have a team. We just need a quarterback. So the Buccaneers, it seems, again, like a long shot. Um, San Francisco just doesn't have the draft capital because they literally gave away everything to move mm-hmm. up to get Trey Lance last year. So that would leave the Seahawks, depending upon where they are, with Russell Wilson, if he returns, if he doesn't return. He, he couldn't. So, I mean, maybe, maybe those are the teams that seem likely in the NFC to yeah. me. But and in the AFC... There's some options here. Tennessee, right? you're telling me that after what we saw last weekend from Ryan Tannehill... As good as that other rest of the roster is around Ryan Tannehill, that the Tennessee Titans wouldn't be incredibly interested in a high caliber quarterback. You know who's going to sneak into this too, thing too is Indy. Indy's not going away. With with the McAfee connection, really means nothing. But at least he he thinks of that organization in a positive light because of that. You get to play indoors, which is huge. They've got a great defense down there. Frank Reich is down there, which is great. Um, they've got an owner that would entertain this possibility because he's kind of wild and crazy. It's a crap division. Like I think Indy's going to sneak into this thing. And the, the comments that their owner made about Carson Wentz at the end of the year, you don't hear that kind of stuff a lot. Where it's, I, I think the, the exact quote from uh, Jim Irsay at the end of the season was, well, it seemed like a good idea at the time. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. That's not what you want to say about your quarterback at the end of the season. And, and I get it was the day after you lost to the Jaguars in a win-in-your-in situation. The playoff berth on the Brutal, line. right? That's so there, there was some emotion there. But at the same time, like the emotion yields honesty, and that's what came out. So mm-hmm. I think Indy's going to sneak into this thing. I think Pittsburgh is a long shot. Ultimately, I, I think it comes down to Denver and Indy in this bidding war, and we'll see who kind of wins out. If Jim Irsay ever says it seemed like a good idea at the time, who knows what he's talking about? <laughs> Could be a variety of things if you followed that dude's career. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw this. I thought it was a very interesting interview. David Bakhtiari uh, had a little interview with uh, friends at Cheesehead TV yeah. talking about why he was unable to play in, in the playoff game and, and really throughout the season, just those 27 snaps against the Detroit Lions. We saw David Bakhtiari practicing without a brace. There were pictures. Everything seems to be fine. Why is he on again and off again in practice? Well, it turns out Bakhtiari exposed in this interview, he had to have his knee drained upwards of 15 times throughout the season. And every time he pushed it, it, it was like a water balloon developed around his knee to the point where he was unable to bend his knee. So this, the structural nature of his knee, the ACL, the meniscus, I mean, all that's in good shape, good working order. But after that Detroit game, he had 88 cc's of fluid drained from his knee. Seems like a lot, Greg. It yeah. just—I mean, it's—it's—it has been constant for him since he's come back to the practice field. So, and, and just for some context, there uh, in this interview with Cheesehead TV, he said the sweet spot where you're kind of healthy and ready to go is 20 to 30 cc's, yeah. and he was at 88. By the way, I heard Mark Tauscher, Packers Hall of Famer, co-host of Wildey and Tauscher on 94.5 ESPN. Uh, he came back from two ACL injuries in his NFL career, and he talked about this fluid on the air on Wildey and Tauscher a couple of months ago. If you're eating dinner right now, maybe set the plate aside because the way he described this fluid made me almost throw up in my car when I was listening. He described it as gravy with fat chiclets oh, floating good. around in yeah, it. Yeah, mm, that's what you need. Tasty. That's what you want around your joints. Mm. So, for any of those wondering why David Bakhtiari was unable to go, it's uh, it's a knee fluid issue that hopefully will sort of solve itself here over time. But uh, yeah, I, how frustrating would that be? Right? You just if structurally you're in good shape. He did have a surgery during the year, by the way, which shouldn't be swept under the rug. So two surgeries on a 300-pound man within a year's time, plus 15 fluid drains, like, not a lot to that point, to getting back on the field. If Rodgers doesn't end up here, does he just leave the golf cart for Bakhtiari? Hey, I think you have to. Right? I know you've, you've had issues with your knee. Here, I'm going to gift the golf cart back to you so you can take that. 
to and from Lambeau Field across the street. I'll tell you what, that thing had a speaker system on it. You could hear those guys <laughs> coming. Greg and I were up there for training camp, uh, you know, throughout training camp this year, and you know, you could hear the crowd roaring when those guys rolled up, but you could hear the sound system. For a golf cart, that thing sounded like it was on Pimp My Ride on MTV in like the early 2000s. It was ridiculous. <laughs> Twitter poll is up at GMatic on Twitter. Regardless of where Aaron Rodgers plays next season, the Packers should draft a quarterback in the top four rounds. Before you start you know, swearing at your radio, give it some thought. I do think it's an interesting question. Also, coming up in the 7 o'clock hour, can you fill in the blank? After further review, I hope Aaron Rodgers blanks Green Bay. Hour number two of the program coming up on the other side. Feel free to join us on the Facebook page, 620 WTMJ's Facebook page. Also, the WTMJ Twitter feed. We are streaming the program here. It's Rodgers Watch 2022. It's presented by Annex Wealth Management. The season. Here's the snap. High snap. Placement made. Kick end over end. Is over. And it is good. The San Francisco 49ers advance. What's next for the future of the green and gold? You know, so many guys' contracts are up or on the brink or salary cap stuff. So a lot of decisions to be made. I don't want to be a part of a rebuild uh, if, you know, if I'm going to keep playing. This is Rogers Watch 2022. Presented by NX Wealth Management. No, every, every conversation I've been involved in with Goody and Ross and Mark, we're all on the same page here. So there, there's no debate. Broadcasting live from Radio City with Gabe Neitzel and Brian D. Here's Greg Matzik. Welcome into the program. Greg Matzik, Brian D., Gabe Neitzel, Rogers Watch 2022. It's presented by Annex Wealth Management. We are streaming live on WTMJ's Facebook and Twitter pages. If you'd like to join in on the program, if you'd like to comment on the program as well, Brian is waving. Gabe decked out in his Marquette and Aaron Hills gear. Me, I'm not wearing pants, but you can't tell that because you only see me from about the middle of the waist up. Can confirm. Can confirm. 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us here on the program. I'd like you to finish this thought. After further review, I hope Aaron Rodgers... Can you fill in the blank there? 855-616-1620. We do have a variety of responses here on the talk and text line, the Academic Mortgage talk and text line, also uh, on our Twitter page. We'll get to some of those responses coming up, but I'd like you to finish the thought. After further review, I hope Aaron Rodgers... What? 855-616-1620. Before we spill to the salary cap discussion, Gabe, after further review, you hope Aaron Rodgers stays with Green Bay. Simple as that. It's, it's, it's that simple for me. Uh, he played like an MVP this year, didn't play well enough in the playoff game, and, and he has admitted as such, whether that was his post-game press conference, whether that was with Pat McAfee earlier this week, he didn't play well enough. But I still think that he can play well enough. I think this team is positioned to continue to make a run if they can bring back the key pieces, starting with him and Devontae Adams in free agency. And I want to see them continue to make a run at this thing. I don't know if Jordan Love's ready. Because of that, I'd like to give him a little bit more time before Mm -hmm. I have to make a decision whether or not Jordan Love is going to be the next quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. It took Aaron Rodgers a while before we had that game against the Cowboys in 2007 where we went... There might be something here. I haven't seen that. Much like the conversation we had last week, Greg, where we go... Is Amari Rodgers fast? Yeah. <laughs> does does Jordan Love... I don't know if I've seen Jordan Love really just unleash a throw. Just a, a throw in a game where I go, 
yes, I want to see more of that. That's something to build off of. I haven't quite seen that yet from Jordan Love. Again, that's not to say it's not going to be there, but I'd like to see it instead of just going, I hope it's there if if and when he, it's his turn to start and be the starting quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. I'm with you. Um, I think and I hope are two very, very different things. But the question is, I hope, right? And my hope is that he returns because it's more fun. It's more fun to go through an NFL season when you're winning. It's more fun to get into the playoffs and be in the tournament and have a shot at the Super Bowl. It's more fun to have one of the best quarterbacks in the league. It's not fun to go 7-10. and 10. It's not fun to go 6-11. and 11. It's not fun to look at mock drafts in October. These are all things I've done before, rooting for a crap football team for most of my life. For, for those who don't know, in my heart of hearts, I'm a Bills fan. They're, they've been better of late, but 27 of my 29 years on this earth have been mock drafts in October. It's not fun. I don't wish that upon my worst enemy, and I don't wish that upon my friends here in the state of Wisconsin, our great fans. I don't wish that on anybody. I want to milk this thing as long as we possibly can. It's more fun that way. I don't know if this is going to be fun. I don't think it's going to be fun. Mike, Dan, God, Dan in Menominee Falls says he hopes he get, finally gets the Rogers rate. Uh, I've got another note from the two six two saying I hope <laughs> he leaves. Well, I assumed he was getting. He was just upset everybody else was getting it. Uh, I would hope he gets it, but uh, if they bring Adams and Rogers back, the Packers won't have enough money or uh, to sign any other quality players. Trade him, get what you can. I, I got to tell you what, it's a mixed bag here on the talk and text line on the Twitter feed. Some hope that he wins it all again in Green Bay. Some hope that he leaves Green Bay. One, Dan Tomey checking in, saying he gets an In-N-Out burger built in. Whatever. Okay, that's interesting. It's Encourages more people to get vaccinated. That's There's all oh, sorts of stuff here. Wait, come on. Don't, don't, come on. I know, it's overrated. I know we're all upset about the potential of Aaron Rodgers leaving, but don't, don't bring In-N-Out burger into this <laughs> and throw that under the bus. Well, I'm just saying it's, over, it's, it's fine, but people overhype it, much like Chick-fil-A. It's oh, overhyped. Come on, I might walk out. By the time I had my first Chick-fil-A Slander. sandwich, if that Chick-fil-A sandwich did not in some way change my life, it was going to be oh, overhyped. Are upset about the line, the efficient line where they say my pleasure at the end and do it as fast and as efficient as possible? Come on. So here's a way to spin it. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers performed like what burger chain's burger in the regular season and what burger chain's <laughs> burger in the postseason. Because the postseason burger performance is kind of on repeat. Mm. Um, I don't want to throw a brand under the bus here. This oh, is tough. I definitely, no, I think it's okay. okay yeah, I definitely, you all know those burgers that you eat, and it's just kind of a rental, if you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Like, it's it's the, for me... It's coming out worse than it went in. Yeah. Uh, for me, Burger King is kind of the low man on the totem pole. Okay. Like it's just like, oh, man, this is, I'm at the rest stop. It's 11 p.m. This is the only thing that's open. I'm six hours into a 12-hour car ride, and I need some sustenance, and this is, the Sabaro's closed. The, the the even like the the gas station is closed so I can't get like a bag of peanuts like Burger King is the option that's what he's he's just been char char broiled in the playoffs and, and then you're white knuckling the rest of the six hour ride home because you don't know what's going on that thunderstorm in your stomach the, the, the white knuckling has been Aaron Rodgers' playoff performance. You're holding on and just hoping disaster doesn't continue to make itself present. disaster has struck itself during that drive in the last 11 years since they've won a Super Bowl. Mm. That's just... So what burger is he during the regular season? What burger chains burger? Man, that, that Culver's yeah. double butter burger with uh, bacon is, is en fuego. That's fire. That's MVP, okay. buddy. That's the good stuff. All right, I support That's that. That's what you want. Completely agree. 
Okay, so Culver's is the uh, the high bar ranking for yeah, our, our burger ranking even, here. Even like if we're throwing like you know, I feel like the the Shake Shack In and Out Burger thing is like kind of the uh, the the Brady versus Manning sort of situation. I think Rogers deserves to be in the mix as Culver's. I think Culver's because it's regional. To a certain extent, just like In and Out and Shake Shack. Now, they, Shake Shack has expanded. We've got one in the third ward now, which is lovely. Um, Culver's is more Midwesty, right? It's more regionally centric, and they've branched out a little bit. I think they've got one in Arizona now. When they had the Curd Burger, we called a Culver's. In oh yeah, Arizona. in Arizona. How's yeah. it going on Curd Burger Day? And they're like, who, <laughs> and they're very you? upset that we called during lunch hour. Whoops, to you. <laughs> And they sold like four of them because nobody knows what a cheese curd is in Arizona. Like on a, on a sweltering hot summer day, you know it sounds great. Fried curd cheese, curd mm. burger. Uh, where was I going with this? I've completely I'm, lost yeah, my boy, I don't know. Oh, uh, yeah, I think Culver's gets a bad rep. Like if, if everyone countrywide knew what Culver's was, I think it would be right there in the mix with In and Out and with Shake Shack. Well, its its footprint is growing. Greg, can you create a poll question out of this? And maybe it's not even a poll question. I'll, I'll let you kind of wordsmith it but aaron Rodgers' performance during the regular season compares to what burger chains burger and then a corresponding question to his postseason performance can he can he make something work out of that i trust greg hill boy we're, we really touched a nerve here on the text line what's well, amazing the kind of responses you'll see all right here we go well uh gabe first of all you need to ch- uh, try the chick-fil-a breakfast chicken biscuit somebody is weighing in no, on that so you give it a point. shot from the 847 look chick-fil-a is good i'm just saying it's overrated like it's not okay. worth You're the just, wait okay. it's, it's it's far and away the best chicken sandwich on the market oh uh, no, no okay now hang on a second here gabe you see the line and you just punt right away right you don't even yeah. wait in it yeah I, I guarantee that chick-fil-a line that wraps out to burlington coat factory and it seems like it's a mile long you will get through that and get your food faster than the average mcdonald's drive through when 100%. there's two cars the people that do the chick-fil-a drive through do i feel like i'm really getting on the soapbox here yeah they do. should be running our country oh, they've got it figured so out efficient. i'm telling you it and is unbelievable polite, they, they've got a system down you know what makes the chick-fil-a sandwich elite too and this is going to sound crazy and there's a lot of care that goes into the chicken and the bun it's all very good they put the pickle which is delightful. It's a nice little bite with the chicken sandwich, and it, it combats the spice there. They put it on the bottom, and I think that's important because your tongue hits it first, right? If you put the pickle on the top of the sandwich, you're kind of coming through, and it hits the tongue last once you get a couple of chews in. By placing the pickle strategically on the bottom of the sandwich, your tongue hits it before the chicken, and you get that bite into the chicken, and it's just per- like It's the simplest change, but it speaks to the care that Chick-fil-A puts into your experience. I'll bring it in for you, Gabe, I promise. Yeah, I'm going to make you wait in line. I'll, I'll bring it in for you here. Uh, A-Rod is cops in the regular season, according to Ben. Well, cops does uh, a regular burger. season cops a heavy burger. from the 414. He's five guys in the regular season. He is a Shell gas station burger in the postseason. <laughs> yeah, I, I think we were overlooking this one. Yeah, it might be closer to something. But here's the thing. I, I, Rogers in the postseason, I understand the game we just saw, this this last game, wasn't very good. He's number two all time behind Tom Brady in touchdown passes in the postseason. Like it's not like it's all been bad. We're just gonna forget that this guy threw for over a hundred yards in one drive against the Arizona Cardinals in twenty fifteen and brought them back and, and put them in position to go to overtime where he didn't then get to touch the football. We're just gonna forget about what he did against the Dallas Cowboys in that twenty sixteen run where he just majestically draws up a play in the dirt and somehow hits uh, cook along the sideline. Like, there are good postseason. I will maintain, and I understand there's some disappointment there because they didn't punch the ball in. 
and they had a couple of drives where they went three and out after Tom Brady interceptions. He didn't play all that bad in the NFC Championship game a year ago. And there are some certain stinkers in there. But if you look at any quarterback, they're going to be stinkers in the playoffs because you're playing against really quality teams. What really stings about this game is that this is what we have to now sit with because the special teams allowed a punt to be blocked. Like the, the team, the defense had picked up Aaron Rodgers. This is what we had been waiting for. You think back to the NFC Championship game. Nobody talks about in, how in the 2010 NFC Championship game, Aaron Rodgers didn't play very well because he didn't. No, we talk about B.J. Raji making that interception and returning it for a touchdown. It becomes a footnote because Rodgers goes on and becomes the Super Bowl MVP. They had that potential on Saturday where, okay, it's one bad game. They still found a way to win. Unfortunately, the rest of the team just could not pick him up in that instance. If that punt doesn't get blocked and the Packers win that game 10-3, to how do you feel going into the Rams matchup this weekend? I th- I feel that we're making excuses for it, right? Like, he's coming off the bye, and, and we're drawing more on, did you see what he did against the Rams when they came here like a month and a half ago? He ripped them up, and they put up a 40-burger in two and a half quarters. Or, you know, So I think that's what the mo- more focus is on. It's like, yeah, he had that one bad game. Rodgers doesn't play back-to-back bad games. That just doesn't happen. So you f- you're feeling pretty good, I think, going into that NFC Championship game if they find a way to hold on and, and, and win. I'm feeling okay. But I don't think Aaron Rodgers is a cold-weather quarterback. I, the games you mentioned in the postseason, Dallas, climate-controlled. Games against Arizona, both climate-controlled. Boy, they got hot back in 2010, right? Didn't perform great against Philly. Was lights out against Atlanta. Was not very good against Chicago. Just think about the weather conditions. Yeah. And his um... last few games at Lambeau have been, eh. They kind of left you just wanting more because he's given you more throughout the regular season. Unpopular opinion, I think Aaron Rodgers is a climate-controlled freak at quarterback. Oh, yeah. Get him out in the cold weather, and he falls back to earth. What what qualifies as cold weather? Like, because it was cold, cold at Lambeau on Saturday. Yeah, I think it was cold. And, and it's, like, oh, it was, it was cold. Like, no, like, I was there. Was it was thing. cold. It was, it was cold. Um, but, like, so I, the, the reason I bring it up is we all watched that whale of a football game Sunday night at Arrowhead that was just an absolute laser show. That was in, like, the 30s or high 20s. Is that cold? Like, wh- that's not cold enough. Okay, so that, that's what I'm trying to figure out. Is where the where is the line where Rodgers turns from... Arbitrarily, I'll from say Culver's 15 to degrees. Yeah. Arbi- 15? Th- that's arbitrary, though. Okay. okay. Uh, more on the text line here. Yes, Burger King is uh, inappropriate... Description of Rogers' postseason performance. I'm sorry, Burger King. I, 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 won't, like to... I won't get into the details of why this person thinks. Uh, I don't think I can say good. some of these words on the air, but nonetheless. Um, and 50-50 split here. Trade them, keep them. That's what's peppering the text line right now. Where do you stand here? And uh, our Twitter poll question is up. Regardless of where Aaron Rodgers plays, do you think the Packers need to draft a quarterback in the top four rounds of next year's draft? Want to get Brian and Gabe's thoughts on the matter? We'll give our Twitter poll results as well as we continue here. It's Rodgers Watch 2022, presented by Annex Wealth Management. Preparing you for another potential off-season of speculation. This is Rogers Watch 2022, presented by Annex Wealth Management. Now back to Greg, Gabe, and Brian. 231 votes are in. Poll question up. At Fematic on Twitter. Regardless of where Aaron Rodgers plays next season, the Packers should draft a quarterback in the top four rounds. The two responses are, or the two choices are, yes, this makes sense. 
Or, no. God, no. 231 votes are in. 55.5% say, no, God, no. That is not terribly far away from a split. Some believe the Packers should. In fact, 45% believe the Packers should take a quarterback, regardless of where Aaron Rodgers plays next season. Gabe, I asked you this question on Wisconsin's Afternoon News yesterday, and a couple of days ago, and you gave me that, oh, man, like... (laughs) I don't even want to think about this again. Like, can we just focus on was, one thing? It was very accurate. Um, that, that came out of me. I wasn't expecting that question. No, right? but but all of a sudden it's like, oh, geez, well, do you? Like, you have to give it some thought. Like, that, does it make sense? And, and the other way of looking at it is, do you have confidence in Jordan Love? I think it's another way to look at it. I think if if you do, I don't think it's a bad thing if you fall in love with some sort of quarterback in this draft. Uh, I, I would hope it wouldn't be a first-round pick uh, because you still, again, spent a first-round pick two years ago on Jordan Love and he could continue to develop. But I would look at it very similarly to when the Washington football team, in I believe he was the number two pick when they took RG3, and then later in that same draft they took Kirk Cousins. You know, okay, hey, we really like Cousins, and, well, what if RG3 doesn't work out? And RG3, one rookie of the year, was fantastic, but then he had these injuries that started to pile up, and obviously Kirk Cousins ended up being the guy for Washington until ultimately he left in free agency to go to Minnesota. And it was it's undoubtedly that Kirk Cousins had the better career in Washington, has had the better overall NFL career. If there's somebody that you kind of like... I mean, bringing him in, it's not going to hurt anything. Having competition for Jordan Love, that should only bring the best out in Jordan Love. So I've kind of landed, if you fall in love with a guy, and I haven't done much draft work on quarterbacks, and now this question's making me think I might have to pass <laughs> Kenny Pickett. Um, but I mean, it's, it's, I, would, I would not take it off the table. If, if, and, and if I were advising Brian Goodgoons, hey, if there's somebody you like, just go get him, man. Like maybe, and maybe if he ends up being really good, much like when the Packers had Mark Brunel, you figure it out. You know, you'll figure it out. It's if you have two good quarterbacks, that's not a bad problem. I'm going to channel my inner Randy Jackson from American Idol here and say, ah, it's a no for me, dog. Um, not this year, anyway. I think if Aaron leaves, I think the plan is try to start Jordan Love and uh, you know complement that position with a veteran. Um, whether it's the Ryan Fitzpatrick crowd, Marcus Mariota, there's some interesting veteran quarterbacks on the market this year. And these conversations are difficult, man, because then you go into training camp with a vet and your first round pick from a couple of years ago, and you're going to see who's who and what's what at that point in time, right? It's like, okay, Jordan, the job's kind of yours at this point. It's there for the taking unless you lose it like you can lose the job in training camp by your performance but we need to make sure we're ready to roll for week one with a uh, established veteran quarterback at some point in time so that's the route i would take this year if aaron leaves um i think you have to give jordan love the opportunity to go out there and win the job in training camp and you know the great quarterbacks in this league right now are really all first-round picks. I mean, can you identify some later-round picks that have really made huge splashes in the NFL right now? It's, I was, it's, I was. It's very few and far between. It's I was. Kirk, it's like Derek Carr, who but I he was a second-round second yeah, pick, so which is closer to the top. I was playing this game earlier, Brian, as I was getting ready for the show. Like I just went to NFL, the NFL standings, and just started looking at the teams, and I'm going, okay, first-round pick, first-round pick. So you have Dak in Dallas, who was a fourth-round pick. Yeah. You have Russell Wilson in Seattle, who was a third-round pick. Obviously, Tom Brady, sixth-round pick. Um, but that's kind of – and then Kirk. 
who was a fourth-round pick. Right? That's, so, that's kind of it. That's the list. Everybody else is a first- or a second-round pick. So for this year, I think you have to give Jordan Love the job until he proves he's not worthy of it. And if he does prove that, you have to be prepared with a veteran option, which there are uh, there are several out on the market interesting names. I just gave you two in terms of Mariota and Fitzpatrick, and there's a couple others sprinkled in there. Mike White, the Mike White experience from the Jets. Remember when he went off in that one game this year? That was cool. Please don't go that route. Um, but I do think you have to be prepared with all the draft ammo we talked about earlier in the show for 2023 that you would acquire uh, in a, a trade of Aaron Rodgers, if you if you have a, a king's ransom of picks, you got to be prepared to draft a quarterback high in 2023. Comments are weighing in, and some saying no. Why why do that in the 2022 draft? Get one in 2023 when you have the first overall pick. There you go. Okay, well, there's there's one way to spin it. <laughs> got that top spot after a terrible season? Sure, Sorry, go after a quarterback. How you doing, bud? DJ, oh, how do you pronounce his last name? Ukulele? Uh, DJ Ukulele. Ui Ungalale. Ui Ungalale. Bryce Young is easier. Uh, yes. So much easier. It's much, much easier. I, I do think it's an interesting question because they have not spent much time or capital on the position. They have typically gone the undrafted rookie free agent route, the player you've never heard of before kind of route. They tried drafting Brett Hundley. Uh, I still maintain Mike McCarthy never adjusted the system to work on Hunt, worth Hundley's strength. They tried to fit him into Aaron Rodgers' kind of world, and it just didn't work. He is a one-read quarterback who moves. They never did that with Mike McCarthy. I think he failed Brett Hundley, uh, though he's certainly done nothing to uh, prove that theory correct after leaving Green Bay. But the other time they drafted a couple of quarterbacks in a, in a given draft was before Aaron Rodgers was really a thing. They drafted Brian Brom and then Matt Flynn. And Brian Brom was supposed to be the guy to take over for Brett Favre. And boy, that didn't work. And Matt Flynn ended up hanging out and ultimately earning a big contract, oh, he which he took paper. a dump on in Seattle. Let's but he got go. a paper. Oh, keep getting right, them threw checks, for Matt four Flynn. bills against the Lions, and everybody was, woo, Matt Flynn, and they gave him the money. But that's an interesting, it kind of goes back to your Washington comparison here, Gabe. Second-round pick, he's going to be the guy. And it was the seventh-rounder that actually did some things. You never really know. It's a roll of the dice. I know we're early in 2022, but... Uh, one of my favorite tweets, and it could be the tweet of the year, uh, somebody had just randomly tweeted, remember when Matt Flynn got all that money from the Seahawks? And Flynn responded saying, yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's an interesting cat. Yes, of course. He had a great game. He got paid, and he checked out. There you go. I love it. That's how willing. That came back to Green Bay and saved to, the season. He did. No, that's how willing teams are to totally. just. May, unload, right? If you think you got your guy, you go get your guy. And I don't know that Jordan Love's going to be anything in Green Bay. I really don't. But I will give the Packers credit for this. They found their guy, at least who they thought was their guy. They went after their guy. And there's a team in Pennsylvania right now that has no freaking clue what to do at the quarterback position because Ben Roethlisberger retired, and they failed to address it a couple of years ago. I don't know if Love's a guy, but the Packers at least went after him with conviction. We'll see if it plays out. You mean you don't have faith in a guy named Duck playing quarterback for your, I, no, for your I, franchise? I, no, Duck no? or Rudolph, the reindeer, whatever his name is. That, that is a mess of a situation in Pittsburgh. Taking a look into the crystal ball for the future under center in Titletown. You're listening to Rogers Watch 2022, presented by Annex Wealth Management. Now back to Greg, Gabe, and Brian. Tonight's show being simulcast on 620 WTMJ in Milwaukee and 94.5 ESPN in Milwaukee. For those listening on ESPN, 
you know, with news of such magnitude, we really made the choice here to, to make sure that update from Alex Crow aired on both stations. If you listen to WTMJ, you routinely hear Alex uh, do work with the news department. And, uh, well, tonight, uh, his report, it was uh, that significant, that important to make sure it aired on both of our stations here. So if you're hearing WTMJ and those call letters on ESPN, you understand why as uh, we work through a uh, uh, a, a terrible situation near the Marquette campus in downtown Milwaukee. Alex will have updates as we go throughout the night. We continue with Rogers Watch 2022. I'm Greg Matzik along with Gabe Neitzel and Brian D. So uh, keeping the discussion going here as we try and figure out what's next for the Green Bay Packers and for Aaron Rodgers, you know, the, the number and the figure that keeps getting brought up is $38 million. So the Packers are roughly $38 million over the cap. They've got some shedding to do, and we know the salary cap is increasing. When I say the Packers are 31st out of 32 teams with regard to their salary cap position, and they're about $38 million from getting to square, is that a frightening number? Or in today's NFL, is that pretty easy to get made up? Let's extend a guy here, extend a guy there, just release that guy, and boom, all of a sudden you're there. Like, it, that number used to feel just insane. And for whatever reason, I don't look at it like it's a big deal anymore. I, I think that's the right way to look at it, Greg. You look at the, the New Orleans Saints were in a much, much worse place. They're $71 million Heading into this year. With a tight end at quarterback. And they... <laughs> right? Like just... And with that tight end at quarterback, they almost made the playoffs this year. Granted, it's because there was a seventh team added to the NFC-AFC playoff picture, but... They, the biggest reason I think they struggled this year was because Jameis Winston got hurt, who was playing decent enough football in New Orleans, and they didn't, they had to pay Mike Thomas all year. Mike Thomas didn't play it down. You know, the, the, the incredibly talented receiver who spent all season long on the physically unable to perform list, and they still put together a decent enough football team. So I look at what the Saints did last year. And Jen Latta, who is my co-host on Jen, Gabe, and Chewy, weekday morning, 7 to 9, 94.5 ESPN, made a joke about how Thanos was going to snap his fingers and half of the roster for the New Orleans Saints was going to have to disappear because they were so far over the cap last year, and they somehow found a way to make it work and put together a competitive team. So I'm not that frightened when I take a look at something like that. I'd rather have a lot of space, though. I'd rather be... Oh, sure. I, <laughs> right, better yeah, than the alternative, right? I'll give yeah. you a perfect example. There is a team playing this weekend that has $58 million in cap space for the upcoming season. That team is the Cincinnati Bengals, right? Who are in a decent enough spot, but obviously have some holes along their offensive line. Joe Burrow is just, you know, taking so many sacks back there. It's difficult, but... I mean, that's that's what happens when you draft a quarterback that is elite, that's still on his rookie deal before you pay him. You have all this cap space to work with. And I think you have to start looking at that situation as a Packers fan, right, of taking the Russell Wilson route. I feel like the Russell Wilson situation kind of changed the league to a certain extent, where Russ was obviously, what, a third-round pick, as we discussed a couple of minutes ago here on WTMJ. You're paying that guy next to nothing in the grand scheme of things for the first four or five years of his career if you pick up his fifth-year option. Um, so that gives you a ton of money to spend on other players. And what the Seahawks did was load up their offense with really, really, or excuse me, or load up their defense, the Legion of Boom, with really, really elite players for an extended period of time, and then kind of piece things together offensively. And Russ was great, and they were able to win a Super Bowl and compete for another. They were a yard away from winning two with that format. So 
that's what you have to start targeting, whether it's now, if Aaron leaves, or some point in the next couple of years. Using that formula, and I think that's why it's important for the Packers to start getting the salary cap in a good place in the next couple of years. I, I think that's going to happen here sooner than later. Um, and we're going to go through a list, a full comprehensive list of free agents, unrestricted, exclusive rights, free agents. I mean, there's all sorts of free agents. I think the number is around 23 that the Packers are going to have to make a decision on. Some, quite simply, are just going to be gone. You will never hear from them again. But others become really interesting, like Rasul Douglas, who was getting paid like a long snapper coming off the the Cardinals practice squad, and all he did was become a Pro Bowl player. Right? He ain't coming back for six hundred sixty thousand dollars next year. So Darius Smith at twenty seven million, I don't see that happening either. So there are some interesting decisions to be made here. But I, I don't look at the Packers' cap situation and say, "Well, I, this is the reason they can't get Aaron Rodgers back." And, and I get the cap hit would be so ridiculous that you'd have to talk about extending him and restructuring. And I think ultimately that's how it would get done in Green Bay. But I don't look at that $38 million and freak out. It's not great. And I'm with you. I'd rather be in position to you know, sort of add and poach and play well, and do that stuff. It's much better but, to have that, yes. Yes, well, obviously. But they're but, still going to get some talent back. Sure, but the key is, like, there, there's a difference between, okay, let's let's get Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams back, which is great, and keep guys like Rasul Douglas for a little bit more money. That's awesome, Right. There's a difference between that, which is basically running back what you had this year, uh, minus Darius Smith, uh, which is basically running back which what is you had this basically year. basically running I've back this year. <laughs> I've never seen a bottom line on a football game where it said Darius Smith missed 16 games this year. That's that's what popped yeah, up that, during the playoff that game. That was noteworthy. Most it looked, noteworthy. Um, so b- basically, Rodgers and Devontae come back. You are running back, maybe even with a little less than what you had this year. Based on that, you can't go out and do anything fun. Right, you can't go out and say, you know, so and so is on the market. Let's see if we can make a play for this guy and improve our offense and give Aaron Rodgers another option at wide receiver. You're kind of just running back what you already had, which we know was not good enough, not good enough, even close to get it done this year. Right, uh, getting bounced in the divisional round. Uh, I still, this team was good enough to win a Super Bowl. I know they didn't. I know they disappointingly because Aaron Rodgers played poorly. But I think this roster. Just everything that we talked about through the course of 17 weeks about how talented this roster is and how good this roster is, I don't think suddenly disappears because they played poorly. Granted, it was a bad time to play poorly, but that's the nature of the beast when you're playing a single elimination tournament is you play that one bad game. Like There's still a ton of talent on this roster, and the Packers are still going to be among the favorites in the NFC if they are to do what you say in... Bring back Rodgers, right. bring back Devontae, and more or less run back this crew. So I think both of your points are accurate, that while the salary cap, even though it's not in a terrible spot right now, it's not a great spot right now, it's not uh, you know prohibitive in terms of getting Aaron and Devontae back. Like It's not discouraging on that front. It shouldn't be for, for Packers fans. It is prohibitive in terms of adding to what you kind of already have in the mix. Like you have to get really creative to make this team better than it was this year. It's going to be more about good. it's going to be more about keeping yours and deferring their money and kind and of getting creative well. and drafting, right? Which I think Brian Gutekunst has done pretty well overall. His misses have been misses. There's no doubt about that. His hits have certainly been hits and certainly developed. Uh, if you look at guys like Elton Jenkins, and, and there's plenty more to add to that list given where they've been able to find some of their offensive linemen. So that's just the start of it. A.J. Dillon was a fine pick as well. And the jury's still out on Jordan Love, but he could be the biggest piece to the Packers puzzle as early as next year. So story of the day is Nathaniel Hackett going to Denver to become the Broncos head coach. There is a ripple effect. And I'm wondering how strategic the Packers need to be 
with addressing their now vacant offensive coordinator position. We know Matt LaFleur is going to promote from within. If you had to stack them as 1 or 1A, it would be Eric Stenovich, the offensive line coach, and Luke Getze, the passing game coordinator and quarterback's coach. I would be shocked if Luke Getze did not get the job. Here's why I say that. Uh, Getze, maybe you didn't know this, as Hackett was interviewing for the Broncos, also interviewed for the Broncos' head coaching position. Uh, The Broncos have also reportedly asked permission of the Packers to interview Stenovich for their offensive coordinator position. The back of my mind, Gabe, thanks to me, well, if Nathaniel Hackett's got intel on what's going on in Green Bay and he kind of knows the internal pecking order without it being public, didn't he kind of just tell you what the Packers are thinking by saying, yeah, well, go talk to Steno. Uh-huh. We could bring him here. And you know what I mean? Otherwise, he takes the job in Green Bay, maybe. Yeah, and what for, for Denver, it makes a ton of sense, because that's one area where they need to improve offensively is their offensive line, and maybe they throw some money at it. But also, I mean, this is a guy that just coached Yash Nyman into a pretty passable left tackle for the majority of the season. This is a damn good coach that I think they'd be thrilled to have if Stenovich, and by the way, I know this used to be the issue, and, and it caused a riff between Ben McAdoo and Mike McCarthy a few seasons ago. But offensive and defensive coordinator is now looked by the NFL as different than every other assistant position when they used to be on equal footing. And in the past, the Packers could even block Stenovich for interviewing for the offensive coordinator position. That is not the case. If you're not a coordinator and you're interviewing for that coordinator position, you can no longer block that the way you could in the past. I'm excited to see if Stenefish gets that job in Denver, what he can do with that big-bellied whitewater kid, Quinn. Uh, uh, Quinn Miners, yeah. yeah. Gosh, that He's guy's still shirtless awesome. out there. Yeah, yes, he is. I'm um, telling you. So it, it, it's going to be fascinating fight. to see how this stuff plays out. But, Greg, I think your point is spot on. And Gabe outlined some really key points there in terms of how the Packers are going to approach this. Uh, but I think it's spot on. The fact that Stenovich is in the mix, I think, tells you that Getsy's probably going to get the job. That was my gut feeling. Yeah. And, and I don't know that one or the other... You know, I, I don't know that Aaron Rodgers is swayed by that one way or the other. I, I think he's certainly closer with Luke Getze. Uh, he's talked about his relationship with Getze before, and he's certainly fond of Nathaniel Hackett. I, I think he's probably fond of Eric Stenovich and just doesn't have to work with him quite as much, though his guys on the line are certainly important to Rodgers' success. But that was the way that I read it, that if Stenovich is being called into Denver to interview for the OC position, that the Packers are probably leaning in favor of Luke Getze. I could be wrong, but that's my gut feeling. My gut feeling. Coming up on the other side, we've got a list in front of us. 23 names on the list, roughly. Greg Hill's got the list. We're going to go through some of the more notable names, players who are scheduled to become free agents when the league year begins in mid-March. Who's coming back? Who's going elsewhere? We'll have Greg tally the list. And in March, we'll revisit the discussion. All right, you're going to have to hang on to this. Can you hang on to it? I haven't let it go yet. All right, he can hang on to it. We'll do it after this. It's Rogers Watch 2022. Getting ready for the next off-season of rumors. This is Rogers Watch 2022, presented by Annex Wealth Management. Now back to Greg, Gabe, and Brian. Aaron Rodgers' postseason performance, if we're going to... Pause for effect. Very nice. Sit on. <laughs> if we're going to equate it to a burger chain burger from the 414, it's not even a chain. Postseason, Rogers is like my high school cafeteria's pizza burger. Mm. 2 a.m. drunken road trip to White Castle or vending machine burger. Mm. Oh, vending machine burger? There's something. Um, mm, what's the word? 
I don't know, nostalgic about the 2 a.m. trip to White Castle, you know? That, it's not good. It's not good for you. Yeah. It, 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 I, I think fondly about it, you know? When you said nostalgic, I thought you were going pizza burger, and I was going oh. to no, no, vehemently. There's, no, there's nothing nostalgic about it's that. It's not even meat. What is that? <laughs> what are you putting in that? Uh, back in the days of doing the Your morning Honor, show, I strenuously object. When I when I did the Wisconsin Morning News program on WTMJ, this is many moons ago. Well, sometimes at four a.m. and you're like, God dang, why am I just? You didn't really have breakfast, and yeah. you don't really know how to eat. And Brian, you can relate to this. Oh yeah. It's like, well, let me just walk down the hall and see what's in our wheel of death. And I opted for the patty melt. And let me tell you, like eleven years later, I am still regretting that decision. <laughs> and for those the, who don't know what the wheel of just death is, just awful. By the way. The Wheel of Death is one of those rotating uh, cylinders of just... Yeah. It's, it's like a roulette wheel of... Sandwiches. Yeah. That haven't been updated since the 80s. Yeah, exactly. I don't know when they get updated, <laughs> but everything in there looks uh, looks like... If you ever watch SpongeBob, like the burgers that, that Plankton would make that had like, you know, green, gross stuff growing out of them. That's what's going on in there. I was once uh, worried to see Braunschweiger in our Wheel of Death. And then I was more concerned the next day when it was gone. <laughs> like, oh, that, somebody was walking that around. That cannot be good. Somebody <laughs> said, well, let's give it a shot. You take a, you take a pass in the bathrooms in the, uh, in the old office that day. Yeah, that is just not a good situation to be in. Neither really is the Packers' salary cap situation. Free agents galore as we approach the offseason and start of the league year, which will be March 16th. 2022. So we are, uh, yeah, just a couple months away here from the uh, regular season or the calendar year, I should say, beginning in the NFL, the league year, as they call it. So Greg Hill, our illustrious producer, esteemed producer on the program, has got a list in front of him. He's going to go through the list. Gabe, Brian, Greg, yes, we're going to go through the list and try and figure out if the player is going to come back or if they will be gone. Don't need to get too far in depth. We'll just let it rip. It's a little bit. We'll call free agent funk. All right. Let's start here. That is funky. We like to talk weapons. Equinemia St. Brown. I'm going to say he's back because he's not going to cost a lot. He does contribute on special teams, and it feels like he gives you just a little bit more each year in the receiving game. A little bit. What, what, are you watching the same football team as well? A little bit. you got to round out the roster somehow. I say he's back. Sounds like a Detroit Lion to me. He's going to go hang out with his brother. Next. Du- Dueling St. Browns. Uh, how about Orrid Burks, everybody? He gone. See ya. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. Now, there's a point here where you, you say, well, he's a special teamer, Greg. Yeah, but you know why he's playing special teams in, I don't know, year number four of his career? Because he stinks at linebacker. And they can find someone better. They can find absolutely find somebody better. By the way, he's not very good on special teams because nobody's good on special teams. Agreed? Agreed. Okay. All right, Rasul Douglas. This is a tough one. Now, if he stays true to his word, which I got to imagine his agent was screaming when he heard him say this uh, during his post-game press conference, asked if it'll take more money for him to return next year. Razul Douglas said, quote, probably a little bit more, nothing crazy. And his agent's going, no, no, you fool, no. And if that's true, then I could see him coming back. However, I got to imagine his agent's going to talk some sense into him. He's going to cost oh. too much. Roswell's gone. I, I think the other caveat that was probably unspoken uh, in that comment from Roswell Douglas was, "Yeah, I'll take a little more to come back. Not that much, but a little more to come back. As long as Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams are around. As long as I'm contending for a Super Bowl team. Yeah, I'll play for 1.5 or two next year, or three, as opposed to what was he making this year? Nine ninety. 
That's yeah. crazy. Um, Pro-rated because he came off a practice squad. Exactly. So, if Aaron and Devontae are back, yeah, I think he's back on a slightly bumped-up deal. If they're not, I think he's gone. you got to bring him back. Bring him back on a Kevin King deal if you have to. Let King walk. Bring Douglas back. It guards you in case of injury. And if you end up with Patrick Sertan as part of a trade, all the better. It's a great segue to Kevin King. <laughs> I think that's it. I, you know, and I think he was fine because he didn't have to guard a number one. He didn't have to guard anybody who could run. Kevin King, I think, was adequate this season because he wasn't asked to do too much. But he's not back for more than five million or even less. No, he's gone. I don't think he's back. He's gone as well, and I'm going to miss him. My favorite Kevin King story from his Packers career was the most Green Bay story of all time. Uh, I was at a Walgreens in Green Bay picking up a card for a wedding two summers ago, and there was an old, old woman paying for her $6 in goods with a check at the cashier. Then there was me, and then there was Kevin King in line. So that was that. That just felt very quintessentially Green Bay, but he's gone. <laughs> Corey Bajorquez. I think he's back. I, I think he is... I don't know how quick his operation is in getting a punt off. I question that anytime I see a blocked punt. But I, what goes unknown is that when they were pinned in their you-know-what in their end zone, he pulled off a 57-yard punt that was returned seven yards. I, that was one of the more amazing things I saw in that game last weekend. I, I thought he was far better than the alternative, J.K. Scott. And you got him in-house, try and keep him. It depends upon how much. I, I can't imagine keeping him. Like unless unless you can't you're just score be... around too much with this one though. I, I don't feel like. Hey, but if he's going, hey, I want to pay me two and a half million dollars to punt. See ya, bud. I'm gonna punt on you. Like, I'm not gonna pay him anything. I, Does I don't anybody pay... make two and a half million dollars punting? I have for... no idea. But I'm not paying anything for a punter. Just not gonna do it. Then you're not allowed to complain when the man. punting is horsecraft. I really here. Here's the thing, man. I really do not care about punting. Yeah. Like. Most of them are kind of the same. Well, when Aaron Rodgers is your quarterback, you don't have to. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, as long and if, if I'm getting if the if Rodgers is gone and I'm getting excited about the punting, yeah, I really am going to hate next year. I like Bojo. My favorite Dick Duran quote from 2006 when he was the head coach of the Bills was: "He stepped to the podium after a loss and said, well, oh, we punted it well today.' Uh, yep. you, you don't want that comment from your head coach. <laughs> Johnny Hecker gets 3.75 million. That's There's big time." What? Um, I think it's worth pointing out, Corey Bajorquez was part of the field goal kicking operation problems at the, at the beginning of the year, too. So Yeah, that all got sorted out, though, I felt like. Yeah, by the end of the year. Um, but that was that was part of the problem, too. If you have to pay him more, I'd find another option. Punters are kind of a dime a dozen. Like, you can just figure it out on the fly. So I, I, I would guess at this point he's gone. There are 12 punters making more than $2 million a year in the That's NFL. big time. Big time. <gasps> Oh, learn to kick, kids. All right, rapid fire here, Gene. What do you got? Devontae Campbell. Got to be oh, back. Yeah. Has to be back. Yeah. You have to figure that out. It's going to cost you, but he has to be back. You're not going to be able to afford him. He's gone. Chandon Sullivan. If you don't bring back Rosul, you bring him back. I think he comes back. I'm with you. Because I think it's a bargain deal. Yep, me too. Someone you may have heard him to round it out, Devontae Adams. They're going to franchise him. No matter what, he's getting franchised. I don't know if they end up trading him, but no matter what, he's getting franchised. I would agree with that. I think they'll franchise him to buy time. And that's where my thought ends. <laughs> so he's getting franchised. I don't know franchised. what's happening after that. I, I think that's where it starts with Devontae Adams. And you'd maybe try and work out a deal. I, you just you, you can't let him walk for nothing. So if you franchise him and ultimately trade him, at least you get something in return. 
you want Adams on the field. I get that. But it may end up being a package deal. It, it might. I, I think there's some smoke there. I really believe that. Is that it, G? All right. It. Did you take note? Did you, you, you have who we think is coming back and who is not? Right here. It's in your mind? And there. Okay. And there. See? I got everyone. On the computer. What's the deal with... Uh... With with Tunyon, is he a restricted free agent? He is a free agent. Unrestricted? Unrestricted. Hmm. Paid 3.384 mil. He's probably going to be out half the year next year. I think you got to find a way if you can get him on a bargain deal, because otherwise you're you're rolling this, with Josiah and Marcise Lewis. This or maybe is, Noah Fant. Sure. This draft is deep at tight end. I think you draft one and you move on from... As much as it stings, I a think guy the injury double digit touchdowns two years ago. I think the knee injury changes the entire thing, especially after what they just went through with David Bakhtiari. Like I don't think you can bring back somebody who's going to be gone for half the season next year dealing with a torn ACL. That's definitely an interesting one. This uh, off season is going to be incredibly interesting. Uh, already is with Nathaniel Hackett leaving Green Bay for Denver. Aaron Rodgers, well, we think he'll make up his mind on whether he wants to play or not in the next, I'd say, four to six weeks or so. Keep in mind the window to flap a franchise take on a player opens on February 23rd. The league year is scheduled to begin on March the 16th. Who knows when Brian, Gabe, and I will collect once again for a program, but rest assured, we will be here for you as news breaks regarding your Green Bay Packers. If you missed the program, check it out online at WTMJ.com. We'll also post it at Wisconsin On Demand for those of you who like to download the podcast and listen at your leisure. Thanks for being a part of our show, and enjoy your night.